So I'm Bond, James Bond. I'm Black Widow. I'm the call of the wild. And it's me, the Irishman. (laughs) (laughs) And those are the things we're going to talk about on Filmhouse today. So uh, join us right after this. Like the two-second intro clip? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) They don't have to wait too long. (laughs) So welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. Uh, This week I'm joined by Elise. James and Adam. Hello. Hello. Hi. My name's Daniel. So yeah, uh, today we actually we get to talk about two of my favorite film genres, super spies and gangsters. So uh, we've got some fresh trailers out this week, uh, No Time to Die and Black Widow. So we'll be chatting about those and then our thoughts on house painting and the Irishman. Hopefully we'll have a bit of time at the end of the show and we can talk about the Harrison Ford dog movie and the Tom <laughs> Hanks from Mr. Rogers joint. This week, the sponsors of the show are Muggsy Jeans and Columbia College and Manscaped. But I will tell you a little bit more about those guys later on. We're going to start with Bond. Uh, I know James is the biggest James Bond fan I know. Have you had a chance to see this, James? I have, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did you I, dissect it? I did not dissect it because I don't want it... T- looking at it, I'm already kind of piecing things together, and I don't want to spoil it for myself. You're not trying to over guess. Daniel Craig Bond, mm-hmm. my sweet Daniel Craig boy, <laughs> baby, come home. This is his last one, right? This is his last his one. Fifth one. It is. Mm-hmm. He said it was. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, he said he wanted to it. kill himself previously, there's but he's always, done it again. There's well, he clarified that statement. He did. Come on, he guys. He, he said did. it's an exhausting and it's very harrowing. It's not I'm getting sure younger. if people asked us if we wanted to do this job next year, we'd say we'd rather kill ourselves, too. <laughs> um, I, I believe the, the quote came in an interview two days after he finished wrapping Spectre. So mm-hmm. I can understand him never wanting to do something Also, like it seems like every single time he films a movie, he breaks something yeah. or hurts himself breaks really bad because he's mm-hmm. heavily involved in the stunts, if not just doing them entirely himself. So sometimes you don't always fully recover from injuries like that like you're, you're back to normal you can do action but you mm. still have a little bit of pain like or a little bit got, of ache when he got shot in Skyfall and he couldn't hold that gun straight because the emotional damage <laughs> that it did yeah exactly yeah. Um, no yeah so I, I watched the trailer once all the way through got goosebumps can't wait for it <laughs> looks great I do think the trailer has some weird like pacing issues Hmm. Like it almost feels like a key three setting itself. Mm-hmm. They're throwing too much at you. Not too Without much. Context? I think it's, I I don't. They haven't released a runtime. I think this movie is going to clock in over two two and a half hours easy, mm, yeah. um, just based off the trailer alone. But like you know, they get, keep reset. So they start and he's he's on a mission. And it's him, Leah, to do. They're doing stuff stuff together. And it's all going J- classic James Bond stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it resets and they're like, you don't know her. And then it int- reintroduces Blofeld. Which is mm-hmm. cool. I was, I was actually not expecting that. Honestly. Yeah, I, a saggy eye. I, <laughs> Stroke got, face. I got blown out. Well, no. the thing is, yeah. I remember when this movie was coming together, they said, no, yeah, Christoph Waltz is going to stay in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, great. But I wonder what capacity. It ended so, his. it was so unceremonious for him at the mm-hmm. end of it or whatever. And then, uh, and then he popped up in this. I was like, oh, right. This is such a great, him doing like a Silence of the Lambs thing mm-hmm. is like yeah. a perfect scenario somehow being really creepy from behind bars yeah how do you feel about the implications from the trailer that our beautiful Leia Seydoux betrayed him I love her so much I love it because my least favorite thing about Spectre was their relationship (laughs) yeah was how he's like I'm walking away he goes new M I'm walking away (laughs) can you remind me of what happened because I do not remember what she did to him in the end of the movie well they fell in love I mean he was going after Spectre was like a Continuation of his saga, right? They so they were responsible for the actions of Casino Royale and and to some extent, I think even I, I don't think it was Quantum? as no. Yeah. Well, Quantum and Casino Royale are 
inextricably the same movie. movie. Um, mm-hmm. But Skyfall was a little bit different. But he, yeah, he was basically like reintroducing himself to the whole Vesper thing, and it turned out there was an even larger organization pulling the strings from the other organization, mm-hmm. and uh, and so one of the people that came back into it was this old man who was involved in that, who was like the key to finding out what this Spectre organization was. Mm-hmm. And then in his pursuit of finding that guy, he found her, his daughter, who was Leah Sadu. Okay. Right. And then, and then he, he go to, they team up and go on a cross-country adventure together and <laughs> bang a lot. And I, I, I actually liked, I thought Spectre was a little bloated, but I actually liked it I a liked lot. I liked it too. I liked it too, but it, it did get a little goofy, maybe? Like well, it, it started towards that sillier side of Bond that... Mm-hmm. Um, the big loud action set piece where he's yeah, where, infin- he's got plot armor. Yeah, whatever. physics stop mattering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I liked it because normally what happens is that happens in like you have a golden eye and yeah. then movies happen, like Animorphs. <laughs> movies happen, and then you end up with a die another day, and you're like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. This is the Spectre. There's the actually first a transition time. point there during is, the film. There is a movie where that happens, and it unfolds in front of you, and I kind of dug how he they're doing an experiment on a spoiler for the end of Spectre, the movie that came out 20 years ago or whatever. Um, <laughs> Four? Three. But uh, uh, they're, like, they're fucking with his brain. Mm-hmm. In a, in a classic James Bond trap experiment, and then Leah Sadu. The only thing I didn't really like about the movie is she leans in, and she goes, "I love you," and he goes, <gasps> and he like comes back to life because I'm like, I always thought it'd be better. If she's like, she's like, we can do anal, and then <laughs> and then he's like, <gasps> and then he pops out of it. But when he does pop out of it, he's like new Bond. He's like he's, fully fledged he's got super his mojo Bond, back. and he starts he's picking off dudes from like three quarters of a mile away with a handgun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that stuff he doesn't do at the beginning of the movie at all, or in any of the rest of these movies. And I was like, oh, cool. He transitioned <laughs> into super spy Bond <laughs> in the course of one movie. I love the title treatment. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's really cool. Extremely well designed. Yeah, um, um, I think they've done a good job with the design on this movie. But but the only caveat was that you took so long to get to. Vaults as Blofeld, and they also did the um, the Con. yeah untoward darkness um, thing where <laughs> oh, they're like they're I like meant to get captured. He, he's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Blowbeld," and you're like, "You're Blofeld." And he's like, "No, I said Blowbeld." And then at the end, he goes, "He goes, aha, I was Blofeld all along." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, we and know." People like me who have only seen Goldeneye forward went, "What's a Blofeld?" Oh, how dare you! I don't know. I've um, never seen any of the other ones. But putting him in this one is great. I think him being like this. Do you think they, they realized it was like, that was kind of a waste of him in the last movie where they're like, oh, we didn't really get to do as many things with him. It'd be a waste to get rid of him. But yeah. I thought that they, I thought when the other movie was like coming out or had been, was being made that they said that Christoph Waltz would be in more than just one. I, I, that, that sounds, sounds really familiar. familiar. That was the threat. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't put me in this movie, I'll be back for the so, um, I, do the big, I do the big eyes and then I'll be the big <laughs> lies. Back for your movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then but then also I also again when I was watching the trailer forgot Rami Malek. I was going to say this eh. one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in the past you haven't been a huge Rami Malek fan. How why would you say that? Uh, you just expressed no interest in Mr. Robot. I've always maybe, said maybe I've always I'm said he's a great actor who's in mostly garbage stuff. 
<laughs> Not Mr. Robot being garbage. I just feel like the first season, at least, he's just this mute who stares. I mean, that's his character in that but, show. But and then and then in Bohemian Rhapsody, he's really good. But the rest of the movie's garbage. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anything against okay. Rami Malek at all. I don't know that he should have necessarily won that Oscar, but I don't care. That's Oscar not his Rami. fault. Of Rami all the Malek. actors in the Need for Speed movie, would we have thought Rami Malek would be the most <laughs> successful? Absolutely I just, not. I know he's supposed to be imposing and threatening when you see him emerge from the shadows in this. He's not imposing and threatening to no. me. Did you hear Dan like, slap the that table? That is so cool. Javier so Bardem bond. is so menacing. Yes. Well, and to yeah. then follow him up, you know, not mm. obviously not directly, but two movies right. later with Remy Malik, I'm like, I don't get that same well, impression it's and be vibe a different from kind of him. Javier Bardem is a, he's a, it's a slab of steak, and Remy <laughs> Malik is a half a Twinkie. Yeah. With poison is, in it or something. Which is but exactly, but it's like it's it's what's on the inside that kills yeah. you. <laughs> I, just, I think the imagery here is great. He's he's got the, the Bond villain physical malady thing going. He's the Phantom of the Opera. He's, like, <laughs> and he's got a Phantom of the Opera. I, I think that imagery looks super cool. I would agree with you if it's just Remy Malik, but we're also going to get Christoph Waltz. Mm. So. It's, Remy it's, Malik base, doesn't it's basically to, a Batman movie. It's, <laughs> it's, it, he doesn't have to carry the whole thing. Catwoman's in it. Yeah. We're going to have these two uh, things. There's also an introduction of new banging hot chick. Anna Darmus is pretty awesome. She's like, great. There's there's a there's Leah there Sadu. There's multiple beautiful there's women the in new, this movie. There's the new Double O mm-hmm. that they're introducing as well, which I can only assume is a reference to Halle Berry's character. You can bang her too <laughs> from Die Another Day. What's her name? Lashana Lynch is Naomi. Is the new Double O? No. Agent. What's what's Halle oh. Berry's character? Like uh, uh, it's like Josephine Ki- Pussalot or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Kitty Suckoff. Or yeah. Or, uh, oh wait, no. That's that's a uh, Battlestar. Battlestar. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Fuck. What's her name? Yeah, Emmy Rockhard. I forget. On the right? I don't know. No. Is that the same one where uh, Denise Richards was the, the, the Jinx, scientist? No. Jinx Johnson. You mean Christmas Jones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're kidding, right? No, that's her name. That, Christmas Jones. So that way, at the end of the movie, of the he can go, Christmas does come twice a year. And he goes, Ugh! <laughs> 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 no, t- uh, sorry to let you down, but Holly Berry's name was Jinx Johnson. Jinx. Yeah, Jinx. Like Jinx the cat. Okay. Yeah. That's not like a sex was she, pun. Was she bad luck? It's alliteration. Or? It's classic Bond. Um, <laughs> it's a classic Bond. It is. Um, but uh, but no. So I, I think it looks. I like it looks stacked with really cool people. It looks pretty. Kiri Fukunaga always makes really pretty mm-hmm. stuff. I'm excited for oh, the yeah. action sequences that they show off in it are um, really good. Does it, it, is it following the rule though, where every other one is? It's it no should good. you know it should be good. One should be bad. Basically, that seems to be the track record so far, right? Casino uh, Royale, good. Quantum, bad. Skyfall, good. Spectre, people are kind of... Here's the thing about Quantum of Solace. It's just an epilogue. Sure, but it's still it, an entire movie. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just saying, I don't hate Quantum of Solace. Yeah. It was the writer's I, strike, man. It was during the writer's strike. Like it's, the shortest, it's the shortest James Bond movie of all that have ever been made. Mm-hmm. And and it it's just an epilogue to Casino Royale. So I don't, like, I don't think it's terrible. It's it's, just I didn't say it's terrible, less right? Than. Right, but I'm saying compared to Skyfall and Casino Royale, you, it is the lesser than. Do you think any Bond movies are terrible, James? Uh, yeah, Roger Moore has some garbage ones. Okay. Uh, view to a, or not a View to a Kill. Um, Moonraker. Uh, what is it? The one with not Cri- on Her Christopher Walken. Oh. oh, what is that? On Her Majesty's Tits or whatever. <laughs> no, that one's actually really good. Doesn't get enough credit. George yeah. Lazenby is really good. Oh, um, what's her face? Actually, I, I read a rumor that f- what is the one with Christopher Walken? 
Mm. Um, I'm blanking. Maybe Moonraker? Oh. I don't Is think Octopussy or? isn't that great. Moonraker isn't that great. Rollerball's a different franchise. While we're thinking on it, is Christoph Waltz wearing a golf shirt <laughs> in his cell? A prison-issued golf shirt. I want to see what he looks like. Can we end this conversation? Of you two, kill. Have to hit the links. Where'd he go? Is he at the beginning or the? Somewhere in the middle. It's after this. He's like you trust her. I want to see him. Yeah, what's he wearing there? Little polo. Oh, polo or something. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a face-on shot of him where you can see it better. But anyway, Grace Jones was actually reported or rumored to be in this movie. That'd be cool. But then found out she had like three lines and then quit. Okay. There are no small parts, Grace. An interesting callback to Grace Jones from one of the worst worst Bond movies. But she is memorable, right? In that movie? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. She's just memorable. I think the worst thing about, uh, um, what is it? A View to a Kill? Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing about A View to a Kill is um, that if you read the Wikipedia, it sounds like the coolest Bond movie because c- Christopher Walken's character is a clone of Hitler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's a super genius clone of Hitler, and he's like, to use it, he's taking over the tech industry in San Francisco, but this is like the early '80s. Oh my god! So it's god. like way before everything. Um, and this is ama- this looks like a scene from RoboCop. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. waiting for it to come out. But except that, like the action set pieces in this movie are they go to a horse racing track. Yeah. It's terrible, and Roger Moore <laughs> is way too old for mm. this part of it. So. Was, was, he was the oldest Bond ever. He, I think he did it at 57, mm-hmm. and really? Daniel Craig is 51 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People look it. better now. He's been now, doing it for at least 10 years, yeah, right? More. Except that Roger Moore is one of the dudes who was an old man when he was like, he turned 29 <laughs> and was just old. Looked mm-hmm. ancient. If you go watch Live and Let Die, you're like, holy cow. Watch the next one he does, he's old. <laughs> Something <laughs> happened. I have to reiterate, I love Leia Sidhu so much, and I I think she's a, an actress that feels very classic, like a Grace Kelly or Kim Novak type. Like She just has that vibe to her, and I'm so glad that she is in a Bond movie because I think it is a very classy, classic franchise, classy, classic woman. Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about? Leia Seydoux. Leia Seydoux. Oh, is her. What is her, so besides, uh, she's in Death Stranding, right? Well, blue is yes. the warmest color. So Midnight, was, Midnight in Paris, she's at the very, very end. It's who Luke, uh, Owen Wilson goes off with, as Leia okay. Seydoux. Because I know she's, she's, like, hot right now. I mean, she's, she's also with Mission Impossible? No. Mm-hmm. No, you're thinking of, oh, what's her name? Similar looking but different. Okay. Well, she has a, well, I would say a little different. But the, other, the, the woman in Mission Impossible has more of a Slavic face, I'd say. Wow. What's her, her name? Um, it, we, I don't anyway. you have to get caught up on the yeah, names. Yeah. It's fine. Not a big deal. I was just, for some reason, I just, I've been seeing the name a lot. And then I, me- I remember her from Spectre. And I remember that being not a great part only because I was like, James Bond, don't get married. Mm-hmm. And also the, the thing is like, so I killed your dad. You want to bang? She's like, yes. Well, Let's was that do her it. dad? Yeah. Didn't he get married in on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yeah. Well, he always gets married. One of the best. Yeah. Doesn't he scoop up Blofeld in his wheelchair and drop no. him in the top of a... No, that's... Is that this. a different one? On Her Majesty's Secret Service, he gets married. That's the one And then okay. he, he gets married to um, one of the Avengers, guys. Oh, okay. Oh, the oh. British yeah. television mm-hmm. show, The Avengers. He gets right. married to her. To Uma Crossover, Thurman. are you kidding me? <laughs> um, the crossover no one asked and then, for. And then on mm-hmm. their honeymoon, they're like going for a joyride, and then Blofeld drives by in his car and shoots up the car, nice. kills his kills his wife, except that George Lazenby didn't want to come back. So then the yeah. sequel, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, is Sean Connery again. 
and it picks up with him <laughs> hunting down confusing. hunting down Blofeld. Um, but they never really resolved that arc until just as a cold open for Spy Who Loved Me, maybe, or something like that. It's Roger Moore, who is now two bonds removed from having anything to do with this woman, goes to the grave of, <laughs> of the, the George Lazenby's bond's Lights. wife, and then, and then uh, Blofeld shows up and then uh, tries to kill him, and then... Uh, he switches it back, gets control of a helicopter, scoops scoops them up, and then kills. Can Blofeld. I ask you a question? Yeah. We always know James Bond for his really well cut suits. Has there ever been a James Bond movie where you've seen him just chilling out in a pair of jeans? Mm-hmm. I feel oh, so. like. <laughs> Sorry, I had my com- mind completely <laughs> completely <laughs> elsewhere. So. You know who I think bad. would love a really comfortable pair of jeans? Timothy Dalton. He seems like the kind he of he seems like a jeans would, guy. Yeah. Well, Who if, if you, the audience out there, might be interested <laughs> in jeans, you guys should check out Mugsy Jeans. <laughs> what was the fuck? I thought for sure. I'm like, there's no way. I just was not listening to what you were saying. Uh, Woman was talking. Yeah. <laughs> but Mugsy Jeans is extending their Black Friday sale for you this week. Head to Mugsy.com and use code Filmhouse for 25% off your order of two or more pairs of Mugsy Jeans. Muggsy jeans are the most comfortable men's jeans ever made, and that's no exaggeration. Muggsies are real jeans that literally feel as comfortable as sweatpants. The magic is in Muggsy's proprietary fabrics, which include a blend of high-tech materials that make these jeans mind-blowingly soft and flexible. Best of all, Muggsies come in a stylish fit that's not too baggy, but not too tight, so you look even better than you feel. If you want comfortable jeans that look good, Muggsy jeans are for you. The guys at Muggsy are so confident you'll love them, they offer free USA shipping and returns, so your comfort is 100% guaranteed. Do your legs a favor. Grab your own pair of the jeans that are sweeping the nation by heading to Muggsy.com. That's M-U-G-S-Y.com. And order today using code FILMHOUSE for 25% off two or more pairs. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this Black Friday deal. Once again, that is Muggsy.com. Use the code FILMHOUSE. You'll get 25% off an order of two or more pairs of Muggsy jeans. I love my Muggsies. I think they're really nice jeans. They're stretchy. They're comfortable. Uh, check them out. I think you'll dig them. Mm-hmm. By the way, they stole this from. They stole this in Batman Returns <laughs> when uh, the Penguin has the. Remember the kitty version of the Batmobile <laughs> yeah. that he takes over, uh-huh. and then Batman has to do. It's the exact same thing. But yeah, oh, then he finds Blofeld. Okay. So this is our hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hooks up a bad guy who's disabled. He's in a wheelchair. Is, yeah. is there, I mean, but it's not Telly Savalas. His his. The main Blofeld. There were like four or five Blofelds. Yeah, this is just some guy. Cool. This is, the, and they could have put this in Austin Powers. No, another day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't. Look at that dummy. <laughs> Did he rub him on his head? Yeah, I think he patted him on the head. There you go, old chap. Yeah. Anyway, how's murder sound? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow, um, that's, that was premeditated. When this guy falls. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to change subjects, but I did have a good question. Do you think James Bond should die? Because I know that was one of the apparently one of the big breaking points of Danny Boyle leaving was supposedly he and his screenwriter wanted to kill Bond. Hmm. Um, I mean, just to do it, no. Yeah, exactly. I I think I mean the whole double O James Bond is an alien. It's not true. It's a series of whatever 24 movies it is a character that have a person. endured over 50 50 years or okay it, it 
There's are no rules. When someone right. started making it, they didn't set the rules. Do you kill Santa? Do you kill Ronald <laughs> yeah. McDonald? So these are <laughs> cultural touchstones <laughs> that we cannot rid ourselves of. The whole, the whole. What do you? How do you, I? I would rather them just, you know, just keep make, transforming Bond. Yeah. Bond is should be a reflection, and I kind of dig how you can see a Bond movie and kind of have a pretty good idea what decade it's from. I think that's sure. super cool. Um, so, uh, sticking with the super spy theme and the new trailers that popped up this week, uh, we got a trailer for Black Widow, mm. which will be Scarlett Johansson's ninth time playing Natasha Romanoff. Doesn't really seem like that much um, in the grand scheme of all well, the Marvel movies. 20, out of twenty-four Marvel movies, yeah, she's played Black Widow seem nine that times. Much. I mean, she was there from almost the beginning. Yeah, her runtime has been increased since the first time we saw her. In, Iron Man 2 when she's like kind of barely in it has one cool action scene. She does her flip thing. Yeah, she, she like kills barely all those talks. security guards who were just working at the building mm-hmm. that didn't have any allegiance to anyone, but yeah. she's, she hangs that guy. She got super cool in Avengers and then like Civil War had some cool moments but like, uh, yeah, now we're How many Tony Stark? Tony Stark? Something like a lot more than that. 13 or something. I don't know. Really? Does it count if it's a mural? Or, <laughs> There's rumors that he's in this. Mm-hmm. That would maybe make well, sense. Well, because this is a prequel. Yeah, it was supposed to take place after Civil War. They, they honestly probably should have made this movie then. Yeah, that's, uh, who knows why I don't, they didn't. So here, this is the, the thought well, I, I got from this. Is it has a John Wick vibe to it. So maybe we needed three John Wick movies and an atomic blonde for them to go, <laughs> okay, you can make a female-centric action movie set in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Just make sure all the women's hair is braided because they're from <laughs> Eastern Europe. And, and they, need to look the they all need some kind of braid in their mm-hmm. ponytail. Atomic Blonde, very underrated movie, by the way. Is it underrated? I think so. I don't know a lot of people no, that saw I it. That, I thought. It, I, I, mean, I hope. I mean, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, but um, so. Uh, I yeah, mean, that dude's obviously Hawkeye. <laughs> it's not. Is it? It's he, not. No, he does his bow reverse. It's because he's using a different hand. Hawkeye, I guess. Hawkeye. What's the line that they have where they're like, we both remember Prague oh, yeah. differently or Is whatever? Budapest? Budapest, Budapest mm. maybe. And they say Budapest. it that way. They say it all. Budapest. Remember so when we got croissants at Budapest? That's why I I, <laughs> I, I think he's going to show up in this movie and as like an antagonist to her, and it's it's what the events of what that mm. was. Well, no, cool. I, thought, I thought it takes place after Civil War, though. Does it? Does. it? That, that's what people are theorizing. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. That's the timeline. I don't I mean, know. They, I just thought they, it was like, I, I mean, I guess she knows. looks 35 in it, so who knows? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to see what the bookends are for this movie. Because uh-huh. I, I, I'm guessing it's going to be like a Saving Private Ryan type thing where it starts where we currently are in yeah, the MCU. Sure. And then someone's going to go to, it's going to be like Jeremy Renner or whatever goes to her grave. And then it turns out that wasn't Jeremy Renner; it was Matt Damon at the end. <laughs> like, but like, I'm curious to see how how they're going to slide this into the timeline. Mm-hmm. I, They've I already did. fucked it up before when they did uh, Ant Man, Ant Man Two. Oh yeah, came out after. They're going to the confuse the shit had. out of people. I think yeah. people are going to be confused. Like, why is she alive again? Well, that's why they're going to have to make it very clear. But they're right? all going to go see it. Yes, well, yeah, that's well, the thing. it's going to go. Eight months earlier. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were asking what it took to make this movie. Um, I do think it was Captain Marvel and Black Panther both making a billion dollars. And they're like, oh, a movie not wed, uh, mm-hmm. led by white dudes can make a billion dollars. But uh, well, kind of weird, too, because Scarlett Johansson's been like a Hollywood darling for a decade she's now. Not, she's not guaranteed box office gold, interestingly oh. enough. I mean, Ghost in the Shell. 
Like she's she's been in plenty of movies where that movie also her worked. name alone is not enough to drag people to theaters. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I was I was not super interested in this movie or this trailer until it introduced Yelena. Oh, she's great. And her and her yeah. crazy her crazy Russian family. <laughs> what is it? Red Scare or what is his uh, name? Oh Red. yeah. Oh, I have it written somewhere there. Red Scare. Uh, Red Guardian. The Red Guardian. David Harbour is perfect yeah. for it. I he's, think he's he's so good at uh, him looking as like goofy. <laughs> Captain America, like I was, I was like, eh, this just seems like it's going to be a, one of the espionage Captain America movies. Those without, are my favorite without Captain America, though. Yeah, it feels yeah. most like uh, Winter Soldier to Which me, is, like tonally watching mm-hmm. this trailer. Well, because it's their best MCU movie. There's no superpowers other yeah. than I guess Taskmaster is just good at memorizing it's got muscle things. memory or something. It's like all that. espionage. It's you all just action. Taskmaster, he could learn to fight like Moon Knight. But he chooses not to because Moon Knight's so crazy. <laughs> How do you know this? I think he's. I made thought that. everyone. No, that's true. People tweet these at the No, right? but, but I learned Taskmaster about has muscle memory. What does that have to do with being crazy? He, because the way Moon Knight fights is so dangerous to Moon Knight <laughs> that Taskmaster would put himself in danger by even thinking of fighting the way Moon Knight right, fights, why? even though we could. Why are we getting a Black Widow movie when we could be getting a Moonlight movie we're even getting, faster? We're getting a Moon, Moon Knight show. Moon Knight show. What a movie, damn it. No, you don't. Um, and you'll get it eventually. <laughs> they got to they gotta go through the trials. It's crazy. The same way Scarlett Johansson went through the, the 10 years of Marvel MCU trials where said, fine, we'll give you a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious to see. This is one of those things, too, where, like, I hope there is some good character stuff. I, I feel like even though she was in nine of those movies, she was always an accessory to whoever the main focal point was. And it really honestly wasn't until Endgame that she, it was like, oh, she has an agenda. Oh, she's a leader. <laughs> she, yeah. Well, she has purpose and, and she feels things and she isn't just an uh, uh, you know accessory item to one of the, the main character or whatever they're doing. It's on her off the cliff. Well, and, they, and also the fact that you know that she's dead. Well, and there's supposedly. the, I forget which Avengers it's in, but the whole stuff with her where she's like, I can't have babies, and so I'm oh, not yeah. worth anything. And Age it's like, Ultron, yeah. yeah, and it's like, okay, well, oh, she's then, a, an amazing woman that does all these things, but, and Mark, Mark She has Ruffalo. no use to society yeah. because <laughs> her womb is big. Mark, Mark Ruffalo was like, was like I am also <laughs> yeah, a monster, quote, and then hard cut to him going like, oh, I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you have babies? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, he's signing autographs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Florence Pugh, uh, you know, pretty big actress now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's going to die in this movie, or is she going to maybe be the next Black Widow and be Black Widow in whatever she's, another Avengers movie? She's going to pop up and Flapton. She's going to be Winter She'll Soldier, pop, yeah, Falcon in the Winter Captain. Soldier Falcon oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think some of this. Yeah, Captain America. Um, oh, wow, something. I thought you meant like flap, like slang for vagina. No, no. Oh. It's because he's got wings. Oh, okay. I he's thought you flapped were, in America. Oh, okay. I thought you were calling her flapped in America because the crude slang for vagina is Yelena flap. Yelena could never be American. And so <laughs> so that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, no. Hmm. No, I, I think that's that. That's where my mind went. They may be setting some up, stuff up for Disney Plus shows. Sure, yeah. It's a good idea. I imagine, too, that just because of the way comics are and stuff, they're going to, they, they'll, they've already shown the alternate universes and stuff where Maybe this whole thing takes place in an alternate universe where she is still alive. She's new Hayden Panettiere or whatever. New Florence. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. She's yeah. a very similar wide face. Except she's a really good actress. What's she from? She's good. Midsummer. She, Midsummer. Oh, that's Midsummer. Okay, gotcha. Is this supposed to be Young Thunderbolt Ross, even though that makes yeah. no sense. They definitely de-aged him some. Why? So that 
What? That, that means that's Samuel a, was because that means that's a flashback. Wait, so when does this take place? That's what I'm saying. So they're gonna Civil War doesn't sound right if that's how Budapest. Thunderbolt lost. Yeah, they're gonna show <laughs> Budapest. Some some portion of it's got a flashback to the Cold War to make the Russia stuff relevant. Yeah, maybe. it could mm. jump through decades. It could be like mm. you t- yeah. telling a story Captain over that, right. Yeah. Did Captain Marvel have anything that was in the present? Mm. Um, Mostly say in the 90s and pre 90s. Yeah, and it, all didn't it have? Oh no, that was Spider Man. I don't know. Either way, I hope I hope at the end of this it's revealed that we weren't watching a Black Widow movie at all. In fact, it was Ben Mendelsohn. The As. scroll <laughs> was her the whole movie. In a simulation. And, and he goes, yeah. I think I found out what That's is. That's why I always sound like Kano. Oh, he just has to with a lisp. So do you think this movie could make a billion? Sure. Yeah. I think all the Marvel movies are. Well, I think Captain Marvel did gangbusters because we we had blue balls and we were waiting for Endgame and we're like I'll take anything anything that gets me like you tease this character yes what's this about let's see it it was a meh movie but it was like it held you over until the big thing so yeah maybe people are hungry enough that it's like it's gonna do it's probably gonna be good too who's directing it I don't know somebody uh, Kate Shortland an indie director that you've never heard of anything she's ever directed you Ooh. got it cool yeah um, I, good I, luck to her. Yeah, I think if it doesn't make a billion dollars, Scarlett Johansson should maybe go back to school, find something else to do. <laughs> it's not working for her. Since find she, she gave else. it a shot, you she know gave the acting game a shot. Just like, maybe pursue a new a new career. Mm-hmm. I can't believe oh. that. I know what you're doing, but <laughs> say go ahead. We, I, we'll I go can't ahead. believe that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that like ten minutes? I can't, I can't believe there were that a lot of topics with the way Marvel cast stuff. They don't have the actress from Killing Eve in this. Oh yeah, it's interesting. I yeah, feel she's like great. She would have definitely been in, landed in one of these. Oh types yeah, of I love her. The blonde from Killing? unless they've yeah. they've they've must have earmarked her for something Maybe. else later on. A different character, Gamora yeah. two or something. Um, I, I do think it's weird. It looks like a bunch of the major characters in this movie are Russians. Are they going to try and make us root for Russian Sympathetic characters? Sympathetic to the Russian. Uh, I think that's kind of weird politically modern nowadays. I doubt it. I think they're all going to be defectors or spies. Or, so or there's something matter. evil Double in the agents. government they're all battling yeah. or something. I wouldn't worry about it. It's David Harbour. It's fine. I'm they're, very worried about everyone's it. Everyone's like, bring back that Hellboy. <laughs> I'm glad he gets a good superhero, though, now. Because I, right? yeah. I actually do like David Harbour a lot. Me too. Yeah. And it was frustrating when I tried to watch Hellboy and got through the first 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, this isn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault. Uh, he was in Suicide Squad, too. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but the guy that's directing the Metal Gear movie, mm. uh, Jordan uh, Vald Roberts, I have mm. no idea. He went on a Twitter tirade about how uh, whoever's making this movie is stealing stuff from Metal Gear. He started putting red circles on things. Hold on. First of all, yeah. Metal Gear, if you're Metal Gear, no one can steal from Metal Gear. Because yeah. everything from Metal Gear is stolen. Yeah. It's, it's all heavily reverential. Yeah. Um, that was my point. I think a lot of people were like, how dare they steal from Metal Gear? But If anything... They're just sharing the same references. Oh, and yeah. I, I saw her, I was like, oh, Storm Shadow. Cool. Oh. Yeah. I just... I don't... I, Storm sure. Shadow did come before Metal Gear, didn't it? I'm saying Metal Gear steals ever, but sure. It's it's the one kid who yelled at uh, James Cameron. He goes, I noticed your vehicles from Avatar look like things from Halo. He goes, have you seen Aliens, you dumb shit? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I fucking made Halo before Halo. <laughs> Yeah, at least the kid's like, I was yeah. born in 2002. Like, at least that's accuse them of stealing from the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like people, yeah, I've said this before, like someone watch Alien and go, 
pretty tropey movie. Because like, it, it, <laughs> it made them, all of them. It yeah. made the tropes. Yeah, it, it very much seemed like a, a kid complaining about someone else stealing their ideas. Sure, whatever, man. They came from the same place. That's the other thing, too, where it's like, of, of anything that shouldn't be a movie, probably Metal Gear, where it's like, it's just a snake eating itself, the, pun intended. The last time a film invented a new shot was The Matrix. <laughs> when they put all those cameras that together. But even that was stolen from like commercials and stuff that sure. were exper- doing weird, wild experiments at the time, or sports too. Yeah. But like that was the last time anything was new in mm-hmm. movies. Um, so yeah, maybe wrong. maybe Jordan Roberts needs to go back to school. And if you are looking to go back to school, why don't you check out Columbia College? With tuition at Columbia College, your education is one low price. There are no fees, no book costs, no surprises. Don't play games with getting your education. Truition lets you budget for the true cost of college. They've eliminated all fees from application to graduation. They provide e-textbooks at no charge. With e-text, you can highlight important sections and add personal notes to the material. You can also convert e-text to audiobooks so that you can listen to content on the go. Truition is for all undergraduate and graduate students taking classes online or in the evening at any of their 30 plus locations. Columbia College was founded in 1851 and has been accredited for more than 100 years. Eight-week classes are held year-round, so you can earn a degree quickly. Columbia College's mission is to improve lives by making college affordable. That's the truth. That's Truition. Apply today at mytruition.com slash film. So apply today at mytruition.com. That's M-Y-T-R-U-I-T-I-O-N dot com slash film. Uh, check out what Columbia College is doing, and thanks Columbia College for bringing us here today to talk about spy movies. Uh, I think we're going to move on to gangster movies real quick. And uh, there was a huge release last week. I guess a few weeks ago it was put out into theaters. But right before the Thanksgiving holiday, Netflix released uh, The Irishman. This is essentially the king of the gangster movie, Martin Scorsese, returning with some of the greatest actors of all time. It's really weird that it's in Netflix and just in a few theaters around the world because this is a pretty huge movie considering, I think, the cast, the filmmaker, and the subject matter. Uh, Adam, you have not seen The Irishman yet, but... I, have not had a, I haven't had a spare four hours <laughs> to watch it yet. I want to, but... Mm-hmm. So that is... That what, is the, what, what about it being on Netflix makes it weird? Because it's not in theaters. This is, like, Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. won Oscars. He's making... He's kind of returned to the gangster genre uh, that he kind of owns. It's Martin Scorsese making the most Martin Martin Scorsese movie he's made in probably, what, two decades? It's it's got Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci came back. Yeah, but he financed, or it was financed by Netflix, right? I don't think it was. I think it was was being made and then Netflix kind of swooped in. They bought the distribution rights. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a movie that you can watch, right? Well, Does does the way in which uh, you consume it matter to anyone else other than David Lynch? At the end of the day, (laughs) it's a movie that clearly the studio executive involved in distributing the movie said go ahead you could do whatever you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they did <laughs> and so did. yeah it, the, the runtime three and a half hours and the de-aging are kind of the big stories that have been surrounding the Irishman mm-hmm. it's good though right everyone likes it I thought it was excellent I, I love uh, Goodfellas and Casino yeah. so if it's anything like that it's it I'll, is it's, it's similar very, it's it, not as good as those movies it's very much like that I don't think that this movie cracks into my top Scorsese films. No. Not well, by a long shot. I, and I think honest, that's yeah. because uh-huh. he's made 
so many ridiculously good movies. Well, he's also, so my favorite thing is that like, he figured out how to take those movies that he made, the Goodfellas and stuff, and he these large, sprawling, decades sprawling gangster epics or whatever, multi, multi-decades and stuff, and he would he figured out how to do it, and then I think like Goodfellas is the best version of that, and then Casino kind of gets ragged on a little bit because it feels like it's a shadow of Goodfellas. It's like almost like Very someone similar to, movie. took the format and they just started throwing in stuff. I actually still really like Casino because of the location, the subject mm-hmm. matter, the performances. Time period stuff's it, it fun. feels it feels really genuine and really fun. If it does feel a little bit like oh we'll just do. Casino is Goodfellas. Uh, he does the same thing with Wolf of Wall Street, and it works. Wolf just, of Wall Street, but then yeah. that's the thing. I like Wolf of Wall Street a lot because it feels like an evolution of that. Hmm. It's, it's the a modern new gangster. Kind, it's a new kind of gangster, and it's also it's not, it's not as drab as his other movies. He has a younger cast, you know, but super it's, stylish. It's very stylish. It feels like it's an evolution. It's like Martin Scorsese's evolution. I think Departed is similar, where Departed okay. is this big thing that covers a long period of time. Yeah, you're Games right about Departed too, because Departed felt like a movie that came out and it felt relevant. Mm-hmm. Whereas this does feel like he's hearkening, he's like, I'm making a movie that's, it's, it's set in a different time period. It's not mm-hmm. set in present day, mm-hmm. obviously, so it's gonna feel dated, but it does feel, whereas Departed felt like Scorsese making movies for the new decade, this feels like him reverting back to the way he made movies. That's, that's how I felt watching it. I liked it, at least and I watched it all in one sitting. Despite the fact that we didn't have to, we watched it and enjoyed it, but it did feel like Martin Scorsese making a Martin Scorsese movie, which is not as good as Martin Scorsese making a great movie, if that makes sense to anyone else. Going what, <laughs> going what does a Martin Scorsese movie in 2019 look yeah, like? He, he wasn't pushing it. it. It seems like something he could have made at any point in his career. It's like incredibly um, well written, mm-hmm. and it also takes a you know a real event in history and and kind of flips in a, a weird way yeah. like it Ties plays some 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 loose ends that we do, yeah conspiracy maybe. theories that we don't know exactly does the ice man kill him <laughs> <laughs> he is buried under a speed bump in at yankee stadium okay <laughs> um, uh, no yeah it, it well the and then going back to him it felt like he had free reign but i do yeah. think that someone should have stepped in and said do you think that the best strategy for this movie is to start with a flashback into a flashback the, yeah. Like there's weird stutter steps that mm-hmm. aren't as seamless as his other movies, you know. Like I almost wonder if that was an editing decision that they didn't. Like a, it was like originally a Tarantino scripted. style. Yeah, like they kind of put in these bookends or the, and kept going back to that road trip. A few, like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but some I felt structure. like it was weird because then there's a whole nother. It felt like Inception. If in Inception mm. there was one layer above everything that you just checked on occasionally, like, <laughs> you know? Adam, if you if I was going to ask you who you think Martin Scorsese is going to put in a movie, who are the names that like you think of? Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. Um, I would have said Matt Damon, but it looks like he put Fat Damon in it. He instead. did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He uh, did. But it's basically Leonardo DiCaprio. Anybody Robert missing De Niro. that you think of that's not in this? Because there's one notable person that stands out for me that's not in this Ray movie. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Really? Yeah. Where is Ray? He's only put him in Come on, Mark. one movie. Yeah, it's, it just felt strange to me because there's like every working Italian actor is in this. Uh, Ray Romano's in this movie. What's his face? Sebast- Ray's actually pretty good. Sebastian Maniscalco. The comedian Sebastian Man- Man- Maniscalco, he's in this movie too, and he's great in it. I mean, sometimes you um, know, Ray Liotta gets busy, you know? What? What? Well, the interesting <laughs> thing is that Ray Liotta... fine he had I, to pay. <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on Ray Liotta, but Ray Liotta had some plastic surgery, oh. and he weirdly Uh-oh. looks like a de-aged version of Ray Liotta, so it would have been perfect. <laughs> 
perfect because <laughs> Robert De Niro, look, the way what they did with him with the special effects makes him look like a DH version of Robert De Niro. Uh, I honestly, I also think too, it was that flashback into flashback was jarring because it shows the first image of the movie is Robert De Niro in old man makeup, mm-hmm. playing like a 90 something year old version of Robert De Niro. Then it flashes back, what, like 30 years or something? 20, Maybe 30 more than years? That, to, to a point where now he's kind of like an old man, but not 90 years, like 60s, less old. 70s or something like that. Like, But he's not 90. Hmm. Um, and then it immediately flashes back again to him in his, I have no idea how old, because he looks like an old man with a plastic mask on. <laughs> um, and so, like, it's weird because Goodfellas... They had a young, they cast a young actor, and then when they time when it was time for him to be an adult man, they just brought in Ray Liotta. Right, and it oh. didn't. I wasn't like, Who, where's that? Where did one one go? Yeah. Why isn't he older now? Like, like I just understood. I, I mean, sometimes you're like we got the technology, it's use it, but it doesn't always. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- yeah. I think that their de aging technology, I also think, is interesting looking because their young Robert De Niro doesn't look like Robert De Niro looked like when he was young. Right. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's very strange. Yeah. It, it's not like the, the Disney stuff where young Samuel L. Ja- Jackson looks like young Samuel no, L. Jackson. Yeah. That's what happened a little bit with Anthony Hopkins. Uh, when right. they, what did they de-age him for? They de-aged him for something. Oh, maybe, maybe it Hannibal? was Hannibal. Well, but then he didn't look. Like, we, we all know what Anthony Hopkins looks mm-hmm. like. He looked like I don't when know he de-aged him. It was just sort of yeah, smoothed we, him, smoothed him out. Well, we, we determined, determined it is. It's smooth. It's some sort of smoothing. smoothing. Yeah. It only works on Patrick Stewart. We yeah. determined that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. It's really point. blown out. And I think a lot of people have made this point, but the other thing the de-aging doesn't really do is it doesn't make Robert De Niro move like someone who's thirty years old. That still moves yeah. like an old. Well, man. that was the thing too with uh, Samuel Jackson when he's like. He's like, I'm just a 30-year-old shield agent on the beat. Let me get down. Oh, <laughs> you hear the cracking and stuff. Oh, and just, God. Just going. Oh. Like, there, there's one point in the movie where he's, like, beating up a guy, and it's very clearly yeah. an old man trying to not fall over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, who who plays Jimmy Hoffa in this movie? Pacino. Al Pacino. 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 fucking awesome. He's gotcha. great. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, the whole, the whole Jimmy Hoffa thing, it's almost like its own movie mm-hmm. shoved in the middle of this mm-hmm. movie. It, it becomes Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa movie <laughs> about 45 minutes in, yeah. and then it's his movie for about an hour and a okay. half. Okay, I'm interested in the Hoffa stuff, so like, I, I do want to see it for that. Yeah, I would say it does feel more like it, it's the life of Robert De Niro with a side of Jimmy Hoffa, yeah. okay. which I... I wish it was more of just the Jimmy Jimmy Hoffa focused stuff, the yeah. politics so good. of, of well, that. It does yeah. feel like there's a solid two two hours, maybe <laughs> like a solid two hours. There's and three I'm, hours of no, just but, <laughs> like, but there's like two hours of the Jimmy Hoffa movie mm-hmm. in there, yeah. which is like it, and that's when the movie's in high gear because it's just Robert De Niro's Robert De Niro, no crazy makeup or no special effects or whatever, and it's just churning. I get what the story they were telling is provide context for this guy, this Irishman who was here for all of these major mobster events and just kind of like... He's Forrest Gump. Of, he's, he's kind <laughs> of Is that of what you Forrest said Gump. when you were no, watching no, no, it? That, that, that's, that's all you. That's a brilliant uh, um, thought there. But, but you need the context and then you want the fallout, right, yeah. of those events. And honestly, when the Hoffa stuff concludes, which is, is the, an amazing part of the film, mm-hmm. I feel like it loses steam. 
there's another 30 minutes after mm-hmm. the Hoffa Post Hoffa. stuff yeah. where, where they're up. becoming older than old looking. It's the loose ends of Robert De Niro's At least, life. As long and as it has the scene with Geraldo opening up that vault <laughs> on current affair and everything goes, they're like, Jimmy Hoffa could be in here. We can't. And then it's just that empty. That was such a big deal. I, I uh, I'm sure you've seen this stuff, Adam, because it, it was happening even before the movie was, when it first got screened, people were up in arms because Anna Paquin Mm. plays Robert De Niro's daughter in it, right? Okay. And she says like two words in mm. it and everyone was really upset because there's like there's not a really a female presence in this movie. Anna Paquin, you've this talented actress, she says two words. Mm. I don't get I mean, okay, yes, I obviously want to see women excelling in films, whatever, mm. but I didn't really get the outcry for that because it's the overblown. whole the whole point of it is that she doesn't speak to her father. Uh, yeah. So they don't make her speak. They just have her stare at him real hard I, I, <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, that's the point. It's, it's a very underdeveloped, underdeveloped plot, I think. In it, sure. There's a point to oh. it. Like it. It's supposed to provo- provide some thematic resonance at uh, the end. I, but it's just under underdeveloped as well. well cooked, I, yeah. I found it to be a bit distracting only because I know Anna Paquin is this extremely talented actress with a very storied career. And then so I showed up. I was like, ooh. We're setting. You don't cast Anna Paquin unless yeah. something's coming, <laughs> and then it's her. And then the rest of the movie, you just see her leaving well, her room. It's, abruptly, it was almost you know, like, like a routine where you would see Andy Kaufman go up to the microphone, and he's standing there in silence for ninety mm-hmm. seconds. You're and you're going. Andy Kaufman's going to say something great, and then he goes, and then he steps <laughs> away from the microphone. So every time you saw Anna Paquin, and, and she's just comes. she's Here staring at him in silence because she's not going to talk to him, yeah. and you're, go, you're like, okay, she's going to let him have her, yeah. and it never happens. I, but. Think, uh, I think some of it is the legacy effect. I think Anna Paquin, if she was offered that role in any other film with any other director, probably be like, no. Oh, but yeah. when someone comes to you and goes, do you want to uh, be in the Martin Scorsese film, you're going to be playing this character, and you read the whole script, which is probably about a thousand pages. <laughs> Flipping through and every then you, page. And you go, I'm not in this. Rocks. And then you go, Yes, I'll do it. Like, yeah. we ain't I, I called the Irish her. woman. Oh, well, I was going to say, do you think they're going to release the road cut of the Irish <laughs> oh, woman? Yeah, mate, where was she the whole yeah. time? <laughs> Brian Singer's oh. like, we're working on a road yeah. cut of the Irish. Like, wait, aren't you in jail? Yeah. Didn't you um, <laughs> rape a kid uh, or something? They just, uh, we were just showing it like a little Joe Pesci thing, but I, I'm glad he, he came back for this movie because I thought he was phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I just, it made me miss him and wish he was in more movies well, because he was just. Excellent. I think in every yeah, frame he was in. he had in. total yellow bastard energy. This <laughs> cool. whole movie. Not to he diminish. Acted his heart out, not man. to diminish Robert De Niro, who I think is really good, but he is completely outshined in this movie oh. by Al Pacino and Joe Pecky. But he really is. It is weird to say Robert De Niro is the third best actor in a movie. Yeah, um, but it's great. I mean, without getting back, too much back, into back. spoilers of this movie, <laughs> the, my only shot. discrepancy is that one of the things that I think that makes Cold Goodfellas so great is it starts with him so young. You see how his decision-making is a product of the environment in which he was brought up and how he learned to survive. It's like a survival method. But when you meet Robert De Niro's character, um, he's already, like, out of the army. He's of indeterminate A young man, man of 55. Old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of of some <laughs> rando age and then just decides to take on Killen. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's... I feel like we're missing a piece. Like, mm-hmm. why is he so willing to just happily murder people and don't say the war? You can't just do, <laughs> oh, well, the war. Everyone comes back from the war and they're totally immune to death. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
So there was a weird thing, a missing piece of his character. But then you get Jimmy Hoffa, you get uh, you get Al Al Pacinco, and uh, uh, and like all these people, and they're like oh, so fully fleshed I out. I don't want to spoil it for you, Adam, but there was no nudity, so we didn't see any mm-hmm. old dong, old no dong or balls or any Martin, hairy, Martin Scorsese's hairy. Like, we can fix your dick. We well, can make it look young. Martin Scorsese, he makes his male actors wear merkins. Oh really? I didn't know that. Do they are all his male actors shaved? They should be. No. Oh. <laughs> there is a point though where um, <laughs> there is a point though where in the sauna together. <laughs> oh like yeah. A bunch of people <laughs> in the sauna together, and it's a. I don't remember how old he's supposed to be, but like there's kind of a younger-ish looking Robert De Niro, and his body is so old, and it's just a bunch of old man bodies. <sighs> it's kind of like. Same I thought breasts. that looked digitally touched up too. Hmm. But it looks like they softened. The wrinkles, but it's the shape. Like all the skin is still mm-hmm. loose. Sure. So um, I don't know. It's 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 a three and a half hour movie that we watched. And no unbroken. shaven balls. No it, shaven. It, balls. it starts to move. I think after mm-hmm. after right, the I'll act, kicks, the second act starts. It moves. I'll get to it eventually. I'll probably get it like over the holiday break. You know it's a perfect holiday break. I'll rent movie. it at the Red Box or wherever. <laughs> it's yeah. 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 I'll go to the theater. Go one Irishman. Rewatch please. Coco and then watch the. Other. I, I'll, I'll, here to make you happy, Dan. Uh-huh. I will rent a movie ticket for, I don't know, whatever's playing, uh, Star Wars or Cats, and then I'll bring my phone in and I'll stream Irishman <laughs> on Netflix nice, and watch good. it with headphones. Please yeah. watch it on your phone. Just yeah. ask out loud in the theater if this movie has got Wi-Fi. I'm going to go, <laughs> he's young! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a question for you guys. Uh, without diving into it too deeply, Scorsese's recently been going after Marvel, whether the, you know... One thing. <laughs> exactly. It's been overblown. It it's stop. It's been it's overblown. Like he's actually, he's diving into it a little bit. I feel he like he's doubled down. or something about anyway, it. Anyway, yeah, the media has made a big thing about this, but he's, Old you know, claimed... his ways. <laughs> Headline. <laughs> he, he's claimed that, that Marvel is killing cinema. Is yeah. it hypocritical at all to release your film with Netflix while claiming that some other studio is killing cinema? No, because he's talking about the spectacle of cinema. His his criticisms appeared to be mostly directed at the impetus for making a film. Not distribution. Not necessarily the distribution, though I'm sure if we dig far enough we could find yeah. some things that he or his friends yeah. have said about how Netflix is I, the devil. At the end of the day, my, my biggest problem is the people. There's like, it's people in theaters that are ruining cinema. I don't know if, oh. I, that's my my issue is that like, I think cinema can be enjoyed in a theater, on your phone, anywhere, like, at the end of the day. But the thing that is killing it are the types of people who go to movies that where it's like, we're allowing it to be okay for you to, like, whip your phone out and take a photo of the screen or just be on your phone the whole time. Like, that that to me just shows, like, a lack of interest in seeing film or our attention spans are just too short. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think to that point, I think Marvel is trying to compete with those types of attention spans. Exactly. They're trying to compete. They have to keep things elevated like a roller coaster, like mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese says. It feels like a ride. Watch, watch they have to that, keep it that way so that way you watch the movie. Watch that person, the person who whips their phone out every time. The minute things aren't loud and at a plus 10 decibel, they whip their phone out. As long as there's any downtime, they're like, see how Facebook is doing. And it's like, well, <laughs> fuck you. Like, just don't go. But like, Agreed. I'm, it's becoming the norm, which is also annoying. Like. I swear to God, we're not too far off where pretty soon it's either going to be Netflix or we're going to start, each seat's going to be a box (laughs) that you sit in. And they're like, this way you can be on your phone during the movie. And you're like, I guess we solved the problem. For me, me, a movie like this was perfect for Netflix because it was coming out and I was like, oh man, I'd love to see a new Martin Scorsese movie, especially with all these talented actors and subject matter that I'm interested in. 
Three and a half hours? And then you're doing the math. It's exhausting. By the time you leave the the apartment, get in the car, arrive there, sit through previews. It's Tuesday. That's that's yeah. You're yeah. in the next day. You might as well have flown across the Atlantic. Well, you know. Yeah, Adam. To your point about the private boxes. I mean, AMC tried to introduce those phone screenings a year or two ago. Remember oh, yeah. that? And that backfired horribly. What yeah. was that? They, AMC wanted to hold screenings of movies that were ones you could take out your phone during them, use your phone. Ugh. It was. It was, you know, you went in with that tacit consent that if you were going to that screening, you, people around you would be using their phones, whatever, and then it got huge backlash online, and they killed it. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think assholes know they're assholes. Yeah. I don't... Sometimes there's too much hair in But it. yeah, I mean, like, look, <laughs> too, yeah. Too much hair? Marvel, Marvel is not killing cinema. Cinema will be fine. There will always be our, our tours and people making good movies, so mm-hmm. chill out, old man. <laughs> yeah, old man. <laughs> clean yourself up. Yeah. Clean yourself up. Uh, clean yourself up down there. Uh, support for Filmhouse comes from Manscaped, okay. who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0 which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. These products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all the manscaped perfect package 2.0 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code filmhouse at manscaped.com your balls will thank you clean up your nuts and make santa proud this year so get 20 percent off and free shipping with code filmhouse at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com use the promo code filmhouse as you're checking out thanks manscaped for supporting the show this week letting us talk about the irishman and we have a little bit of time left. Um, you guys saw Mr. Rogers' movie this weekend? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. The no. title, who's... A, a Beautiful, beautiful day, day in the Neighborhood, neighborhood. yes. I, I, I keep though, calling it the Mr. The Rogers' movie. The actual lyrics are, when he sings it, A Beautiful Day in This Neighborhood. <gasps> Did you learn that? Check it. Interesting. I have no idea. Um, but most people think it's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, yeah. but it's this. It's A Beautiful Day mm-hmm. in This Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hello, neighbor. Beautiful day. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> want um, so want to really hear about Vietnam from my little king friend? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it his tiger? Wasn't, Wasn't it tiger? that the, the first? I thought it was the, the king's like, yeah, King Friday. Okay, I'm okay. so sad. He's like, what's going on? I was like, they're killing kids in Burma. And he's like, oh, <laughs> well, king, it's so heavy. It's because <laughs> so heavy. King, king Friday was the one who was like, we should blow them up. Yeah. <laughs> Burn like, them with napalm. He's talking, he's talking about in his own little, little world of make-believe or whatever. And Yeah. Jesus, yeah. So, never mind. No, go for it. I was just going to say about how dark that Agent Orange stuff is. They've got a lot of people in Vietnam, and they're, like, shoving it in your face. Yeah. They're like, here are these children that still mm-hmm. suffer from Agent Orange. Johnson & Johnson, family company. <laughs> anyway, so this isn't really a, a Mr. Rogers biopic, which is kind of what I thought it was. It, no. It's more I, of it's Matthew a Matthew Reese's story. Yeah, I got a fictional 
uh, loose fictional interpretation of a real life article yeah, that was written. There was a yeah. writer who was a known sort of like skeptic and pessimist who got assigned to write a profile of Mr. Rogers and thought that Mr. Rogers had this duality to him that the Mr. Rogers that you see on camera and on TV mm. is not really who he is behind the scenes. This it's writer- like There's impossible that some yeah. of that great yes yeah. Seal and, Clubber, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rogers. And this man quickly learned, this writer quickly, quickly learned that no, he is very much that, that one. He is, he's someone that has emotions and can get angry or upset like anyone else, but he very much is who he is on camera. And they struck up a lifelong friendship that they had until Mr. Rogers died. And the way that this movie structures um, not as a traditional biopic but it uses the story of that writer as the framework um, and it couches you know you learning about Mr. Rogers so it doesn't span the scope of Mr. Rogers you know who he was when he was a child how he got into broadcast his relationship with his wife it doesn't do what a traditional biopic does in leading you through the life of Mr. Rogers it is a very closed case of this person yeah, which uh, it also presumes that you know Mr. Rogers. Yes, well, there's that very much. amazing documentary that already came out that you should which probably just watch good, that. I, I would say that I had a better time watching that. Than okay, I so did that this was movie. A, that was a question I had. That mm -hmm. that movie is actually the docs better than the Tom Hanks movie. Uh, people are raving about this movie. Everyone really, really likes it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fine. Yeah, at least and I kind of had a lukewarm response to I, it. Yeah, I mean. This, the story of the guy is, to me, way less interesting than just learning about Mr. Rogers. Than just watching Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's Matthew Reese with, like, daddy issues, right? Yeah. yeah. He's very and, unlikable. And I think the biggest... <laughs> Matthew Reese is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I he's, love that guy. He's very What's unlikable he in this movie. The Americans. Um, oh, it's that guy. Okay. But... Great show, by the way. And, and I think my big thing is his whole, is, like, show this guy and how he's so cynical and his life's a mess and he's self-sabotaging yeah. and stuff until he interacts with Mr. Rogers. But when you when I walked out of the movie, I was like, well, all in all, his interaction, he didn't really have, he spent a grand total of 10 minutes around Mr. Rogers. Yeah, and I, so either Mr. Rogers is magic yeah. and just accidentally did that, or they kind of undercut the amount of time it takes for human beings to change kind of thing. I think mm -hmm. it's a really clever way to approach the story of Mr. Rogers to say, well, let's let's do it because he helped so many people. So let's tell his story through a person that he helped is a really really mm -hmm. clever approach to it. But I much would have rather have seen how Mister Rogers got into, and you learn that in the documentary about him. Mm -hmm. But it would have been time <laughs> with the puppet. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen like, because you know what you want from a biopic is like you want to see, you want to see what you know about Mister Rogers. You want to see him at the trial of, uh, at Congress, or uh, speaking in front of Congress, mm -hmm. talking about getting funding for children's programming. You want to see that, but then you want to see the conversation he had with his wife the night before, where he goes, like, honey, I just don't know if I can if I can do this, if people are going to listen to me. Like, you want to see, what's the Mr. Rogers that you didn't see? And you don't necessarily get that in this movie, which isn't to say that it's that's not good, it's just different. Mm. I've been comparing it to the Elton John Rocketman biopic, because that movie, also takes a different approach to the traditional biopic where it tells the story of Elton John using the structuring of his addiction, using music, which is intrinsic to him, and using um, magical realism, which when you think of someone like Elton John, you definitely think of this magical, whimsy person. Mm -hmm. Like that can, that can, you know, when he's singing, lift through the air. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I did, I did like the Elton John one better because... 
Finally. I, it was, it's in, so the, I will say there's a couple great things about this movie. Mm-hmm. For all of the establishing shots that a movie would normally use of the city and the world, they built miniature Mr. Rogers style sets. So every single time he's like, oh, I got to go to Pittsburgh, it cuts to like a miniature airport with like a string plane going like, sheer <laughs> or whatever. Neat. And that, that I thoroughly enjoyed. But it was a weird like injection of style where some of the rest of the movie just feels like you're, you could be watching anything, oh. like Little Miss yeah. Sunshine. You could be watching any other kind of non-stylistic Definitely movie. Definitely lacks the scope I, of Mr. Rogers' life. I, do they have him in the pool with his uh, yeah. postal carrier? He's, he will, in the pool. No, not oh, in the no. pool. But he just—you he, do see him how he did. He did laps every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Those, I, I meant with no, his, the, you're talking yeah. about the racism yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, no, yeah. like no, they, they don't, don't touch on any of those it's moments. In it, his it seems life. like they might have made the the Transformers and Ninja Turtles mistake, where you don't spend time with the thing you went to see the movie for. I, yeah, it's weird. I mean, mm-hmm. I get it. I I think especially considering that documentary came out, which covers everything, it probably would have not been the best idea for them to just do a straight up biopic of Mr. Rogers. But I think what they picked was maybe, for me, a little too far off. I would also Mm. specify that we went to see it at the Draft House where they were playing, instead of previews beforehand, they were playing tons of Mr. Rogers clips because that theater chain does like a customized playlist for every movie. And so... We were watching the actual Mr. Rogers and we're like getting getting really hyped, showing clips from the documentary, interviews, all kinds of stuff like that, archival footage, and then you slide right, right into this, and it was like, oh, this is not that. Hmm. You you see, like I think Tom Hanks is good, but it's Tom Hanks. It's he's not that's, at all close to Mr. Rogers. That's my, my question. When they make the Tom Hanks biopic, <laughs> are they gonna have? The Son actor playing Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Well, I'm Colin Hanks will play. <laughs> <laughs> it's too uh, ugly. Tom Hanks is like Hollywood's Mr. Rogers, so I understand yeah. that. But the casting makes sense. But he is also He also played Walt Disney. Yeah, he did. Known racist <laughs> Walt Disney. Well, but but Tom Hanks is also a pretty imposing man with a pretty, you know, boisterous voice and stuff. And so when he's sitting across the room from a guy trying to have a very quiet, connected conversation like you've seen Mr. Rogers do with kids or whatever, I got a tinge of like fear more <laughs> than I did from Mr. Rogers ever. You know? Yeah, you really mm-hmm. needed Tom Hanks to just kind of like lose a bunch of weight to get down to that one, four, three weight that Mr. Rogers maintained for yeah, his whole... I'm, I'm not joking. I'm saying yeah. like, because... He did. He didn't look meek in it, like mm-hmm. like that kind of yeah. his frame. He's he's great. He's, he's great good. in it, he's and he does actor. a great job. He's and hitting person. all the puppets' voices and stuff. He it just like the movie for me didn't really give me enough time to get used to him as Mister Rogers because yeah. it sent, focused so much on the other guy. That's unfortunate. And then and then I also think the movie is constantly hitting you over the head with this messaging that like he's not magic. He's like Mister Rogers. He's a human. And he's human. He just. He put a lot of effort into trying to be good and be connected and love humanity and love human beings and like be attentive and stuff. He he put a lot of effort into that, but he still was very human and had he wasn't perfect. This movie does despite saying that like three or four times in the movie, <laughs> treats him like magic. He just shows up places. The only thing that's missing is the umbrella that he flights down on. <laughs> and then he just like waves his hand in front of someone and then they're suddenly cured of their ailments yeah, or whatever. Like, there's That's that's a hyperbolic uh, uh, example. Like but it feels it feels like that sometimes uh-huh. in this movie. And I, I was like, I don't know, I was kind of when I walked away, I was like kind of caught between Seems you, like you were a little underwhelmed. There I don't know. There could have been a cool scene where that guy's like 
feeling real bad about my life. Mr. Rogers like floating by his window, like <laughs> fly with me. And he like wakes up and he's like, what the fuck was that? It's there are stuff like that. There are weird yeah. hallucinations, except oh. the movie is unclear about what's a hallucination. <laughs> it's not. It did teach <laughs> me like that movie. Mr. Rogers had this, the speaking nuance of starting a lot of sentences with, you know, or the writer that wrote this thought he did. Because mm. there are, I was watching, he, he starts the last yeah. stuff where he goes, you know, mm-hmm. and then he gives his lesson. Yeah. Oh well, it's it's just weird. It doesn't end with him going. I have something to show you, and it's like a dark basement. It's a mole that is kind of weird shape. When you pedaled, <laughs> <laughs> I have a dark secret. Um, I need no. to show you something. Oh, um, so also this there's this last week at least that we got the Harrison Ford dog movie I've trailer. I've seen this in theaters twice now. This trailer. Mm-hmm. What's it about? It's Call of the Wild. <laughs> oh, but they call it something London. different. No, it's no. called Call of the Wild. So can you just rewind it real quick? We're going to look at the, like, it's the second shot or whatever of this. So there's shot number one. It's a landscape of the ice. This is a last shot. Shot number two is guys climbing up a hill. The third shot is terrible. Yeah. Look at, that looks like, that looks like the mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Pretty level CG. CG. Yeah. And I don't then know it what kind of budget from there. Call of the Wild had, though. I'm just shocked all went to the dog. that Harrison Ford's, like, kill me off in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't want to do another one of those shit fests. Put me in the dog movie. <laughs> Did we shoot at that house? No, I don't think so. It looked like, no, the, yeah. it looked like the old racist house we shot at. See the dog, the, the, dog the door get closed? And the, we want to rewatch the dog getting the door <laughs> closed in his face. Special, the, the dog animation is terrible. Watch the dog get the door closed in his face. Yeah. How wow. fronted it looks. Everything else is so realistic. <laughs> well, the best thing is the shot at the end when he's like, Did you eat my steaks? <laughs> and the dog goes, the dog goes, <laughs> It like... It's Kangaroo Jack. Like, it yeah. looks like Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> oh, it's, my God. It sucks because everything else in the trailer, like the beats of it and the story mm. of Call of the Wild, I'm like, it's the kind of thing where you're probably going to cry at the end. Was, yeah. was this but made this, into a I'm movie not. before? Yeah. Yeah, a long a time ago. A lot of times. I get a mix up with, I guess there's also Balto, Iron Will. There's, there's, like a, there's a lot of dog A lot movies. of dog snow movies that I'm getting it mixed up with. Check out this map. <laughs> <laughs> I think because everyone just called it like Harrison Ford dog movie. Yeah. I didn't know it was uh, Call of the Wild. Yeah. No. It's 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 just it's weird because the movie takes itself so seriously and then it has like CGI dog worse than Beethoven you yeah. know like, well it looks like Sco- a Scooby Doo sequel yeah, or something it looks like Scooby Doo yeah. I don't understand. like th- if this was Scooby and Shaggy in an alternate reality I'd probably. The, the end of it. The tear mm-hmm. that just I rolled like down that. Harrison Ford's face looked CG too. <laughs> he can't make tears yeah. anymore. I don't know how to do it. Dry as Callista. Girls cry. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to see some of the, the footage pre-fake dog where he's just shouting at a green mm-hmm. screen or a tennis ball or something. Here we go. We're going to get this great last shot where he's like, do you eat my beans? <laughs> and then the dog goes, meh, meh. That's my favorite part of this whole cool. trailer. Uh-oh. Yeah. Where's my beans? Not me. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, Wonderful. comes well, up the day after my birthday, so oh, I know it'll be. Go. Early so, screening. <laughs> you've got Call of the Wild. I'll raise you a Willem Dafoe dog movie. Oh, this is the one Togo. I was going to Togo's, yeah. This actually Togo. looks like not half the bad. The sandwich place? <laughs> That's, is this <laughs> not what it's the same. Mm. At the very end, yeah, he goes, I should open up a sandwich chain. The sandwiches will be smaller than that of Subway, but they'll cost <laughs> the same. Is this new? Uh, yeah, I think this came out in the past day or two. Oh, but okay. it, this actually looks like maybe the good version of the Harrison Ford dog yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. Disney now is making the knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> they, couldn't get, they couldn't buy the rights to uh-huh. a 
This year party old looks so much more endearing. It is. That's a real the, dog, a real physical dog doing cute shit. You can go watch this trailer with the sound on after this. It'll mm. stand the hair on the back of your neck up. That looks so yeah. much better. And then yeah. Willem Dafoe's yelling at the dog. I'm always excited for kids to see Willem Dafoe for the first time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. the first time I saw him was in American Psycho, and I'm like, is that man real? <laughs> like, I thought they like got a mannequin to act because <laughs> he's just he looks otherworldly, especially when he's he's lit like in a certain way. You're just like, what is? Why? He's so weird. But yeah, so kids are gonna be like, Rubber Man was cool. <laughs> Do you think that the director of Call of the Wild saw this trailer and he's like, fuck, we should have real dogs? What the fuck are they thinking? I'm, God I'm, damn it. I'm guessing every dog in this movie CGI is just done better. That was, well, that's pup. You have no idea. You can't tell anymore. They just make it blink every once if in a while. If they have more time and talent, I mean, it's usually about the same level of talent. Most CGI artists are like, they can do anything. but like Just given the time. Yeah, when like, I know people give shit to like Black Panther and stuff and they're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. But like that last fight scene, they only had like six weeks to make it or something. That's just fake. <laughs> you know how like that's probably all fake. You know how the human brain has just figured out how animation works. You mm-hmm. don't see one image splayed again and again at a time. I think with dogs, human beings have just figured out that a good dog actor doesn't look the other dog actor or the human actor in the eye. Wait, they look mm-hmm. over their head and oh. beyond to the trainer who's holding the tree. <laughs> well, yeah, also, I mean, dogs don't like looking humans in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Too. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can't see the white in your eye, so you're, there's probably you are some a CG there. You yes. can't tell. Yeah. But. <laughs> this whole thing is CG. I'm telling you. No, I don't know. Willem Dafoe was there. He had the dogs. I mean, he's on a green screen. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he's like. We're showing this in Marina Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show up at 10 a.m. <laughs> have my coffee. Um, we should probably go, but I don't know uh, what you guys have. You guys had a chance to see the Milan trailer? Yes, this came out today. Have this not. actually might be the first live-action Disney movie that I give a shit about. Um, actually, looks kind of cool. You showed them. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. they'll they, really. I mean, in the end, learn. In, in the end, they win. Mm-hmm. If it's not this, it's going to be the Emperor's New Groove or. Uh, well, I don't know, Aristocats. I, th- I think the the like B and C tier Disney movies getting made into live action are more interesting to me than seeing The Lion King again. What about the part of the movie she looks at the camera and says, Hong Kong must fall? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird that they left that in. <laughs> Whoa, this movie looks cool. Yeah, there's a little Matrix in it. Okay. Oh, God. Anyway, so, yeah, I guess we, we are out of time this week. We don't have time to talk about the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot that they're doing. <laughs> Oh, Maybe we'll rats. have time next week. <laughs> but thanks for coming around. Um, thanks again to Muggsy Jeans, Columbia College, and Manscaped for sponsoring the show this week. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thanks for bringing us here. And uh, thanks you for tuning in. I guess let me know what your favorite gangster movie is or your favorite dog movie in those comments. And we'll be back next week. Be a Irish man. <laughs> <laughs> Do your Irish song, Adam. Uh, hell no. <laughs>